0: Well, instead of reading today, I'm going to just uh, talk. Yes, I have a neck problem. Not easy to type. <laughs> I was thinking, I often think, stories, I mean life stories of so growing up. Sometimes I go back many, many years. And I would like to say a few things about of how I grew up. Sometimes I ask, where can someone start with? Uh, it doesn't really matter. I can just start from anywhere. So I was thinking that i had been uh, very hiding in a way. And I'm not exactly hiding. It's not that i a voluntary thing. It's just... Uh, Sometimes life hides you, so I've been uh, very isolated in a way, and now with the COVID even more. And I was thinking how even when uh, I was a child I was kind like that. Just uh, my father was uh, very strict with uh, girls or women in general. So I was told that. Many people in the neighborhood. They didn't even know that my mom had a, a daughter, a, a girl. They only the two boys who were outside playing. But uh, I was not talking that out. Just my father, if he could have a castlet to lock pin, probably he would. He felt safe like that. He thought safety was everything. It seems I got something from then. And I continued, uh, voluntarily, in a way. And uh, I'm an indoor person, in a way, close to myself. Uh, It's difficult to analyze those things. Even uh, not many people used to come in the house. I remember when uh, we were growing up, and uh, a few couple of the neighborhood, women maybe, would visit my mom. But even then, I remember, we had a dog who would just take their shoes from outside the house, outside the room, and he'd take them all to their houses. Uh, my <laughs> our dog was like my father. He didn't want anybody to visit, it seems. And uh, even when my mom would visit those uh, friends of hers in the neighborhood, He would also get her shoes and bring them back home, just like my father. He wanted my mom to be at home. So that's how I grew up, more or less. Then, I think that's all I will share today. Thank you. Well, here I am again. (laughs) Today, it's a long time. One story alone is not enough i st- I like to share something else, maybe. Oh, okay. So many interesting little stories. Say, when I went to school, uh, I remember I was so happy just to get outside the house, a new place, and learning also was quite uh, exciting. And uh, I was quite a good student, I will say, in, from the first grade to the sixth grade. And when I was on the sixth, sixth grade, I remember once my teacher, uh, he was the principal of the school also, he asked me to sit down for the teacher of the first graders, who was uh, she was sick out and she took the day off. So. He put me like a substitute person there, and I went downstairs, they were on the first floor, we, our class was up on the second floor, and it was, uh, those were uh, large, uh, large, very large classrooms, it was like at least 30 children sitting left and right and in front of me. And uh, they, on the desk uh, where I sat down, there was a number of the cards, for their breakfast uh, to be returned to them. Back then, uh, those years, I remember in the morning, they used to give us... We'd wait online line with a cup and uh, they would serve us milk and uh, made out of powder, actually, I remember it had a specific taste And a piece of... and a triangle of American cheese. Those were... it was after the war and those were coming from America. And... uh, so the children had their breakfast, and uh, they had to be returned their cards. Uh, so their names were on the cards. I didn't know their names, so I thought uh, I could just call each one, and they come up and pick up their card. But I thought, well, what if I ask one of them to distribute the cards, and they knew each other. <laughs> so... <laughs> And I asked who wanted to do that, and they just all lifted their hands like, I, I like to do it, yeah. And uh, they were getting more and more excited, and I couldn't decide who to call to do it. And as they were getting excited, they were getting up from their desks, and they were coming towards the, uh, my desk where I was sitting. And <laughs> all of them, one by one, like storming against me. And at one point, I was behind the door. And they were on top of me, almost calling still I and I, and they probably called so so loud that the principal came downstairs and he was hitting and pushing the door from outside and we were behind the door, so it was quite a lot of us behind the door he couldn't open. And at one point we heard his uh, voice and they backed up and uh, the principal came in. He asked me to go. he asked me to go upstairs to my classroom and (laughs) he took care of it (laughs) so that was quite something an experience i didn't think about it Uh, i don't even remember if i thought about it later on but now that i think about it i i think that i'm not a a good discipliner i cannot discipline children probably i would just let them do what they like to do and uh, and I'll be in trouble probably. <laughs> so that was another story from when I was on the sixth grade in, in school. Okay. eleven, eleven years old. But well, I'm taking a break again. Thank you. Continue reading from the Essential of Protinus by translated by Elmer O'Brien on beauty, the chapter on beauty. Now we are at number two. Let us then go back to the beginning and determine what beauty is in bodily forms. Clearly, it is something detected at a first glance, something that the soul, remembering, names, recognizes, gives welcome to, and in a way, fuses with them. When the soul falls in with ugliness, it shrinks back, repulses it, turns away from it as disagreeable and alien. We therefore suggest that the soul, in what it is and related to the reality above it, is delighted when it sees any signs of kingship or anything that is akin to itself. Takes its own to itself uh, and steer to new awareness of once and what it really is. But is there any similarity between loveliness here below and that of the intelligible real? If there is, then the two orders would be in this alike. What can they have in common? Beauty here and beauty there. They have, we suggest, this in common. They are sharers of the same idea. They share the same idea. As long as any shapelessness uh, that admits of being patterned and shaped uh, does not share in reason or in idea, it continues to be ugly and foreign to that above it. It is other ugliness sense uh, all ugliness comes from an uh, insufficient mastery by form and reason matter not yielding and at every point to formation in accord with idea when idea enters in uh, it groups and arranges what, uh, from a manifold of parts is to become a unit contention it transforms into collaboration making the totality one coherent harmoniousness because idea is one and one as well to the degree possible to a composite of many parts must be the being it informs. In what is thus compacted to unity, beauty resides present to the parts and to the whole. In what is naturally unified its parts being all alike, beauty is present to the whole. Thus, there is beauty, craftsmanship, confers upon a house, let us say, in all its parts, and there is the beauty some natural quality may give to a single stone. End of number one. Thank you.